I always used to tell this story on stage. I'm going to try this in a little bit different way. Here we go. I call this the STD conversation. Devastated after a breakup, young Devin sought to enter the world of online dating. First, he went to Plenty of Fish, where he achieved some success in the beginning. He went on a lot of dates. After some of them, he realized that these women weren't interested in anything except for getting a free dinner before they went off with the rest of their night, which could very well involve sex with someone who didn't just pay for their dinner. But eventually, he met a nice girl. We'll call her Tasha. Tasha was a nice young lady who kept fit and was very supportive. And after a while, it began to seem like they might just blossom into a rebound. It had only been about five months since Devin's last relationship. But it came time for them to see each other's homes. So, Tasha invited Devin over for some chili. Tasha lived in Southeast DC. Now, Devin had been to Southeast DC, but the only time that he had been there was when he was looking at an apartment that seemed very well within his price range, except for when he showed up and met the realtor. There was, um, how do you say it, a, a crack deal that was happening right in front of them as they shook hands in front of the building. It was clear that it was crack cocaine, and the crackhead ran off after purchasing it in a very non-subtle way. But, seeing as though it had been about four or five months since Devin had been laid, he thought, well, not everybody who goes there dies, so I should be fine. It was a Tuesday. A regular day of the week that ordinarily would have been saved for going out and having a happy hour and then finding his way home. Instead, as he sat in his office preparing to leave work at five, he was going to go straight to her home, enjoy the chili, and see where the night took them. Not being a fool, he did tell his supervisor, Hey man. I am going to a really bad neighborhood after work today. There is a chance that I might die. So if anything happens to me, tell them to look for me in Southeast. Here, I'm going to show you this address that I just got texted. Just try to remember something like the street name or just anything, you know. And as he left, he thought, ah, this won't be that bad, and hopefully the chili will be good. She'd spent all day making it. He got on the train, and he got off in Southeast. It was still daylight, and it seemed a lot less threatening than every horror story that he'd heard. As he walked down the street, he thought, this isn't so bad. And then he started noticing some homes. These people looked like they were going through struggles. He knew that he wasn't far from the address he was going to, so he began to question, Does she live in one of these houses? Mm. But he was already in the neighborhood, so he might as well continue. 
Finally, he came across a nice gated area in the middle of this bad scene. Fortunately, Google was telling him her address was in the gated area, so he thought, well, it's nice that uh, the sun's out right now. Um, I guess I'll think about the walk back to the train in the middle of the night later. And he knocked on the door, and there she was. He had never seen her wearing such skimpy clothing. He didn't realize that she had a body that looked like pow, pow, pow. She told him to have a seat, and he could smell the chili in the air. It actually smelled quite delicious. Then, she began to sit down next to him, and he thought, Oh, so sex then chili? Things began to get pretty hot and heavy. Next thing you knew, she was naked. And that's when she stood up and said, Hey, why don't we have a bowl of chili first? This seemed odd, but he thought, Okay. He was a chili fanatic, and the chili was good. What blew him away were the ingredients. What is this? Is that corn? Hmm. Who puts corn in the chili? Oh my god. It's delicious. And eat it, he did. He ate one bowl so quickly that he began to question whether or not a second bowl was something he should ask for. I mean, she had spent the entire day making the chili for him, so did she want a lot of the leftovers? But as he thought about this, she came back to the couch. Sitting down next to him, still completely naked, she told him that they had things to discuss. Go on. And she got straight to the point and told him, Hey, I've got an STD, and it's as though things stood still. Wow. You know, most of my life, I actually didn't believe that STDs were real. I thought that they were just something that nerds made up to stop everybody else from enjoying condom-free sex. Like, I don't know, I just never seen anybody admit that they had it. I had never heard anybody talk about how they had been with somebody who had one. And I had never heard anybody speak of the conversation that they had with a person who's got it. This was all just new territory. She told him that she had herpes, but that right now she wasn't having an outbreak and she takes her medication, so he shouldn't have anything to worry about as long as they use a condom. He thought about it for a second and said, Can I have one more bowl of chili? It was a knee-jerk reaction, but not only did he want another bowl of chili, it would also buy him time to think about whether or not he was going to risk getting herpes just so that he could have sex with this woman and her very round ass. While he ate the second bowl of chili, he googled with his phone, and Google was matching up with a lot of the things that this young lady had to say. Even though it seemed to go against his better judgment, he decided he would go ahead and have a little bit of sex. Because, hey, chances are he wasn't going to get it. But 
this would be a hell of a story. And the chili was really good. She had gone all out. You could tell she put her ankles in it. And wouldn't you know, he found himself in the throes of passion. Oh, this is nasty. Oh my. Did she just lick all the sweat off my face while fucking be? Oh, you are nasty. Oh, we're squirting too, my goodness. But he knew that he couldn't keep this up. He had been watching the condom the entire time, just trying to make sure that none of his penis should touch any of her juices, which was very difficult. She'd been squirting. When he left, he told her that he had a show to get to, and he told himself he would never put himself back through a situation such as this. It wasn't worth it. Not to mention, when he left her apartment around 11 o'clock, it was pitch black in a bad place, and there were a lot of people just loitering outside, in big groups, the kind of groups she didn't want to walk through or walk past. But he knew that if he crossed the street from any of these people, they'd think he was a bitch, and it might lead to more problems. So he kept his eyes straight ahead and got back to the train. Over the next few weeks, she would try to get him to come back over and see her, but he knew, if you play with fire, eventually you'll get burned. And in this case, that means he would get herpes. So, he was just busy, as far as she was concerned. Until one night, she accused him of intentionally avoiding her, and he knew that he had to do the right thing. He went over to her place to have a discussion, which turned out to actually be a BJ. And while getting this BJ, he thought, you cannot have sex with her. When the BJ was completed, she made it very clear that she would like to be satisfied in return. For a moment, he tried to say that he had to rush out because he really had somewhere he needed to be, but ultimately, he cracked and had sex with her for a second time. When that sex was done, he knew that he had to break this thing off because he could not try it a third time. He was already too terrified to go and get an STD test immediately. But he told her that he couldn't give her the time that she needed, because she needed a lot. And that was that. It would be a year before he would actually have an STD test, and knowing that it could still be looming somewhere inside of him for up to five or six years, he just spent the next five or six years having protected sex and hoping that the dreaded herps would never rear their head on his penis. So, last Thursday saw the release of the Snyder Cut. Finally, on HBO Max, we have the four hour and how many minutes? Oh, no. I saw two hours, but that's because I'm looking at the original Justice League. It's four hours long, and I think a little bit of change sprinkled on the back end. Um, is it long? Sure. Did it feel long? No, not to me. As somebody who watched the original Justice League many times, I own, I think, Man of Steel, Justice League, Batman v Superman, Ultimate Edition, and you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. I don't hate Batman v Superman. No, 
It is not a great movie. Is it good? I would say it's good. Like, good isn't just good enough that I can sit through it. It's mostly background to me because I really only pay attention um, when Batman and Superman actually fight. Um, pretty much any time that Batman is on the screen, and he does hog up most of the screen, but I am most interested, like, the one action scene that he actually has. Anyway, Justice League, the, the Snyder Cut. Um, quick summary, if you don't know, Zack Snyder was uh, fired. Everybody likes to say that he quit after his uh, daughter committed suicide. Zack Snyder was fired, and I know that. From industry resources, he was fired. And then his daughter committed suicide. So, yes, that seems a lot, I guess, better, easier on the ears. Like, hey, something horrible happened in his life. So he needs to do this. And then they put in Josh Whedon, who directed uh, Avengers and Avengers Age of Ultron and wrote them. And at the time... You could do no better. Like Infinity War and Endgame are masterpieces. But who would have thought that the dudes who did Captain America Winter Soldier could take over the reins and do so well with it? So Josh Whedon, Joss Whedon comes in and he basically does away with what feels like 75% of Zack Snyder's film. Here is the tough part, because everybody has really great things to say. And when I say everybody, people like me who actually give a fuck. I think that regular moviegoers who don't really know which superheroes are Marvel versus which ones are DC don't really care. And they don't care enough to watch a four-hour movie. I know that because my wife kind of checked out. And she was never, like, she checked out and didn't even try to check back in. Anytime that I would, like, ask about the movie, I didn't get, oh, well, I enjoyed that part. Or, oh, this wasn't so bad. It was just, it, it's too long. It's too long. I can't even think about it. It's too long. And this was before it ended. And I was like, so you, you're not even watching anymore. You're just staring blankly at the screen. Um... I thought it was great, though. I see why Ray Fisher's so mad. Because I don't know what... Nobody is ever going to talk about Josh Whedon's behavior. Because apparently he was being racist, toxic, a dick, everything uh, on the set. Which is odd. It's like finding out that Robert Downey Jr. is like a diva and a monster. I've heard he can be a little bit of a diva, but he is our DJ. Hasn't he earned it? Um, but yeah, apparently he's a monster, but nobody will tell you any details. And this feels like when you're a guy and a woman tells like social media, Hey, uh, somebody, cause sometimes they won't even say their name, but let's say they say their name. Hey, person X sexually harassed me or something and then as a commenter like you want to be like yeah man that's horrible but as a guy there is always and i don't care what any guy says i don't believe you if you don't want to know what happened i think it's human nature maybe because i'm not a woman maybe women are better about not even having 
the thought run through their mind when someone tells them that something happened. But that's like if my mother called me, my mother did call me a couple of days ago and told me my grandmother's in the hospital. I want to know what happened. Like, she's like, oh, I debated on calling you because it's not that serious. Yeah, but you don't get to end it there. I need to know what happened and why grandma's in the hospital. And if somebody tells me something happened, I want to know. If my wife came in the door and told me a stranger harassed her on the street, the story doesn't end there. I need to know what happened as I'm putting on my shoes. So, I really want to know what Joss Whedon was doing on the set but even with his toxic behavior and all aside you can see that cyborg his role was reduced to nothing in the justice league theatrical release um he was i'm gonna go ahead and say the heart and soul of this movie so i get why you're mad because they took away what could have made you a freaking star dude and now you're in a battle with Warner Brothers, one of the biggest studios, so uh, good luck with that. Aside from him, I think it was uh, a lot more fleshed out. I think that it was certainly a more cohesive story. Uh, I never thought the old ones seemed really chopped up and whatnot, but now that you can see what Snyder actually wanted to do with it, I don't know. It's It's so weird because... I think that if this had come out in theaters, we'd still hate it. Like, it wouldn't have done much better. But I saw all this positivity. There's still plenty of negativity. But I saw all this positivity, and I was like, you fucking bandwagoners. You would have hated that shit, even if it had come out in 2017. But now, because you've seen something worse, like, it's it's that whole, uh, we only know the good times because of bad times like a foster kid that had their father putting his thick fingers in their ass if you go to a foster family and nobody's touching you that's a good dad wow why am i a good dad i barely even ask you about yourself well you're not putting your fingers in my ass so yeah that last place was a nightmare and that's what we got we got the meatiest meatiest fingers with justice league the theatrical one and now we've got like a nice thin finger we can barely even feel it and we're like yeah that that's actually much better thank you um but yeah i i'm glad that it finally came out i am glad that warner actually listened to the fans but just as quickly as they did and they've got a lot of things working already so I get that they can't just pivot because people actually liked what they just did. But they've kind of come out and said, like, yeah, that's it. Um, we're glad you all loved it. You know, this whole thing is for the fans and for us to make billions of dollars. But we're not particularly in the business of giving fans what they want. So Snyder had his uh, his trilogy completed now is the way. That the uh, the woman interviewed, I think she was the CEO of Warner. Trying to find that interview, it bored me. Sorry, I couldn't read the whole thing. Um, yeah, she was like, "His trilogy is complete, hooray!" And we're so excited for what we have going forward. Like it will never happen again. 
the there is a scene at the end of it with Batman and uh, Jared Leto's Joker that was in the Suicide Squad. And yes, I know people hated his Joker, but I loved it, and I loved getting a little bit more of him. And I love the scene. I love the weird chemistry they have. Part of me really wondered based on what he said, because uh, he makes a remark about Batman sending a Boy Wonder to do a man's job. Now, you could take that as, hey, I killed your Robin, but there was a part of me, for some reason, I was just like, man, that really feels like he's actually that Robin, and he's still mad about that and throwing it in your face. I loved it. Can't wait for more. Um, and in the same heartfelt emotions of Zack Snyder's cut, finally, that's my uh, impression of The Rock, finally, Black Widow is coming to Disney Plus. They are finally going to fucking release that mill. Like they tried with Mulan and they tried with uh, Raya and the Last Dragon or whatever that's called. I'll be honest. I saw a little clip of Raya and the Last Dragon. That actually kind of looked like something I would like to see. I'm not going to pay for that because I wouldn't have been going to pay for that at movie theaters either. But I am actually somewhat interested in Raya. I have no interest in Mulan. It's been free on Disney Plus for a while now. I still don't want to watch it. It's not like a remake like the other ones are because there isn't singing. And they did away with the little red dragon that Eddie Murphy voiced. And I'm like, no, I'm good. But I am glad that even though those last two, I assume, didn't net a ton of money, that Disney was finally like, okay, people have been dying to see Black Widow. And I will happily give them $30. And we will watch it repeatedly oh i should mention when it does come out july 9th we'll get there in a second um yes we will be having a little bit of a watch party with that with giveaways um actually we're gonna do that with the falcon and the winter soldier too i meant to do it last week but i was so excited that i didn't even want to try to stream i was like nah i just need this for myself right now i was selfish um but yeah, they're finally doing it. And I hope that they make some ridiculous amount of money. Is that because I hate movie theaters? Somewhat. But also, they've got a bunch of shit. And they just pushed everything back a little bit. I don't know why. Because like now you're telling us, yes, you'll be able to pay for it. It will also be coming out in theaters for those of you who really want to like see it in a theater. And you don't care about COVID or you're vaccinated. Good for you. I would not do that. I might not ever go back to a movie theater if I don't have to. That's where I'm at. I really like watching stuff at home, and I don't like the community feel of theaters or any of that. But I hope that they do this with all of their movies going forward because HBO Max, they kind of already, like, stuck in the the hammer with the nail the nail they stuck the nail in with the hammer a little bit when they did all their stuff because i love it i can't wait for godzilla in a few days to come out on hbo max i'm looking very forward to mortal Kombat, a bunch of films that they have on the way and so they've pushed black widow back to july 9th two months for no reason but in doing that because chang chi 
and the Ten Rings, which I am very excited about. Like, that might be the movie I'm looking forward to most on Marvel's slate this year. Um, that's pushed back to September now, which kind of sucks, but I'm like, okay. That means that uh, around my son's birthday, I'll have that to look forward to and his birthday. But, you know, also Shang-Chi, I need it. And because um, it's like a it's like a tournament type movie, like Enter the Dragon, you know, but with MCU stuff. And I saw some clip of like uh, fight choreography guys or something. The action looks like it's going to be nuts. Shang-Chi is going to do a whole like multiple man thing. I'm sorry, I've gotten away from Black Widow. Let's stay on topic. So here's kind of my gripe. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier has already began airing. And it's only six weeks. Falcon and the Winter Soldier was supposed to be the first show that we saw from the Marvel Universe on Disney+. And so now it's airing, but it was pushed back from like August is when it was supposed to come out. Because of the fact that Black Widow was supposed to have come out last May, but that was pushed back into the fall, which eventually got pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. Yeah. Um, so why did Falcon and the Winter Soldier get pushed back? And why is it okay now for it to come out and then Black Widow to come out like three months after it's finished airing the first season of Falcon and the Winter Soldier? It just, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I am glad that there's so much content coming to Disney Plus that we won't go through some really big lull without it. Now, we were supposed to get Black Widow in May, so now things are going to go from... Falcon and the Winter Soldier to Loki in June. So I guess we get nothing in like late April through early June. And um, all right, I just found uh, everything coming up for 2021. So this is our, our 2021. We've got WandaVision, which concluded uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which came out last week. Loki comes out June 11th, uh, and then in July 9th, we have Black Widow. Shang-Chi will release on September 3rd. The Eternals is November 5th. Now, I will see it because I am a Marvel-holic, um, but I'm not really looking forward to the Eternals at all. Like, none of me is looking forward to that. And then Spider-Man. Uh, when I said Shang-Chi was what I was looking forward to the most... If Spider-Man comes out December 17th, as it's supposed to, um, I am probably looking forward to Spider-Man more than Shang-Chi, but um, Shang-Chi comes first. Now, as far as uh, the other shows that we get, they won't put a date on it, but What If, which I'm also very much looking forward to, comes to Disney Plus this summer, which is the whole, like, what if uh, Peggy Carter was Captain America instead of him? Now, I'm not looking forward to the first season quite as much because... The first season, they're just going to get a lot of the old um, Phase 1 heroes, like the Iron Man, the Cap, uh, Black Panther, I think, Spider-Man. I don't really care about those. I am looking forward to when things get a little nuttier, when we have the X-Men to play with, when Deadpool is available, when some of the weirder, the Shumagraths and everybody else can get thrown up in the mix. That's going to make a hell of a stew. And then we've still got... Hawkeye with no release date, I'm guessing fall, and Miss Marvel also. Uh, at the moment, Moon Knight and She-Hulk 
seem to be coming out next year, 2022, as well as Thor, Love and Thunder, looking very forward to that, and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which should be awesome next March. Um, yeah, but thank, thank goodness that they are just going to let us buy it. Make your money. Take my money. Just don't look me in the eyes while you do it. Same here. Now, you and your lover, when's the last time that you really talked dirty to one another? And I'm not talking about having sex and saying something nasty. I'm talking about first thing in the morning, you just slide a pinky in the crack of their ass and tell them how good it tastes after you put it in your mouth. You need to totally disgust your partner from time to time. Let them know they still get you going. They turn your crank. And with that said, I have a little poem here I came across. Thought I'd share it with you, see what kind of mood it puts you in, right? <clears throat> the pace of his thrusting grew frantic, driving her ever harder into the bed. When it came, his orgasm was a screaming wave that threatened to overwhelm her, pushing deeper still. After, he collapsed bonelessly on top of her, their sweat mingling, his weight pushing her downward. She was sore all over. They did not speak. Silently, she began to count the minutes until he was ready to go again. <laughs> oh, that's absolutely gross. But, mmm. I'll talk at you later. <laughs>